A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Monday Night Raw has a new intro. Doesn't feel like that long ago since we changed it. But as it is something new, I felt like I should tell you. But also, kind of felt like we should play around with the intro for ups and downs. So I wrote a poem. So, Raw comes every Monday. It's a funny, weird old show. It runs for a whole three hours, which makes me want to scream no. But call up your friends and watch it. You can even have a beer. But for the love of everything WWE, where the flub is there? <laughs> I'm mega mad about this. But seriously, it has now become a redonkulous joke. Hello, my name is Sam from What Culture. Let's up those doubts. Owens was the first person to walk to the ring on this episode of Monday Night Raw, and we are keeping up with these teases. He was dressed like a cowboy and even wore a cowboy hat at a wonky angle before he introduced Seth Rollins. And these two guys then went on to go, man, Texas is rubbish. We hate Texas. Texas absolutely sucks. And Kevin Owens even took his hat off and he stomped on it before Seth Rollins all like, oh man, we're going to win the tag team titles next week. And then finally, finally, we can go to WrestleMania. <laughs> so does anybody else come? kind of feel like maybe, just maybe, it's not going to be Kevin Owens versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, and it could be Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins versus Steve Austin and a partner of Steve Austin's choosing. I mean, i just throwing it out there. Have fun in the comments. Anyway, their guests for the KO show were the Alpha Academy, and straight away they basically called Otis Fat, and they asked Chad Gable, why do you say thank you like thank you? And I was so happy they picked up on that, because as I've said before, I flipping love it. Gable refuted all of this and said he was smarter than everyone, and that he is sick and tired of Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins trying to hustle their way into WrestleMania, and it was pathetic. And then they basically all yelled, shush at each other. And if anybody else had done this on planet Earth, it would have been cringy and terrible. But because these four guys rock, it's actually kind of funny. The point was is that we were going to do Kevin Seth versus the Alpha Academy to make you go, oh my gosh, who's going to win next week when the titles are on the line? Well, I now officially know. <laughs> because Chad Gable and Otis lost. 
which probably means they'll win it next week. It was a really good match though, even though the good guy, bad guy dynamic is all over the place, because I'm pretty sure Owens and Rollins are meant to be heels, but everyone just cheers for them. Kevin Owens also does that thing where he hits a frog splash off the apron onto the floor. I don't think we talk about that enough. I mean, it really has to hurt. Owens was then being a boss from Arkham Asylum because he took Kevin Owens out by just running around the place. But this is when Seth Rollins tagged in and he hit a hot tag and he went absolutely crazy and it pumped up Kevin Owens so much he was like, ah, I need to be tagged back in too. Otis was then back to hurling falls and it looked like Owens was screwed after he got hit by a Vader bomb and a Chad Gable moonset. But this is when Seth came back in. He got rid of all the people he needed to get rid of. And then man, poor Chad Gable. He got hit by a buckle bomb and then he got hit by a stunner and then he got hit by the curb stomp. I was like, well, that's definitely going to beat him. And it did. This is all okay, though, because it's simple storytelling. The champions lost here, so you're like, oh, my gosh, are they going to lose in seven days' time? I mean, probably not, but you never know. It is getting it up. Omos was then in the back speaking to us, and we also got a video for him beforehand, so I guess we're going back to his big push. But he was all like, man, I've got to fight T-Bar next, and he's my biggest opponent ever. Now, I'm sure he meant physically, because T-Bar is massive, Baza Omos. If you're saying, like, this is the biggest threat yet, you've got to be kidding me. And I like T-Bar, but come on. And then, surprise, surprise, Mr. Bar lost in 30 seconds. T-Bar didn't even get his entrance, because Omos absolutely killed him during it. And the ref was all like, T-Bar, T-Bar, are you going to be able to fight? And T-Bar was, yeah, I can fight, because apparently that's how T-Bar talks. But he couldn't fight because he walked right into the tree slam and he lost. However, as I have said before, and as I will say again, if the plan is to push Omos and the plan is to turn Omos into a monster, just keep doing this. It's wrestling 101, but when we are finished, we should probably find something to do with T-Bar but we also probably won't, but I'm giving it up. We then had to pretend it was perfectly sensible that Becky Lynch on this evening on Raw would be teaming with Dewdrop, even though like a month ago, they were feuding over the woman's title. Becky Ash is also joining them because they were going to have a six-man tag and all these people are bad guys, so why not shove them together? And we used this time to ensure that Nikki looked like an idiot because she was like, oh man, let's do a fist bump, let's do a fist bump. And the drop and Becky just went, nah, we ain't touching your hand. I mean, it does kind of work because she's almost a superhero and every single real super hoe is massively lonely. And then we cut to Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan because they are the good guys that are going to be taken apart. Morgan went up to Rhea Ripley and was all like, how are we going to defeat them? And Rhea had to go brutality, which is not the way to answer that kind of question. When Bianca Belair was all like, oh man, I'm so pumped up. And then they did do the fist bump because again... We're meant to think they're nice. It was then right into this match too. And while it does irk me a little bit, the WWE can't divide all these women up and have them in separate matches instead of just throwing them into one big cooking pot. Thought it was very fun. And I thought they all worked very, very hard up. As ever, Becky Lynch pretended she was ready to fight Bianca, but instead ran away anytime this could happen. And then after around about two minutes, Liv Morgan hit a dive because I think the ref went, hey, we need to go to a commercial break. And amazingly, we did. We did come back to Becky and Belair going at it. And I tell you, not only do they have a great chemistry, but I am excited for their WrestleMania match because Bianca should win back her championship and then continue to climb that ladder. It didn't massively go like that here because Becky kind of interfered with her hair that allowed her to throw Belair into Rita the ring post. 
always looks like it sucks. So most of this was structured around the fact that Bianca was a really good wrestler, but just as she was running wild, huh, the tag claxon went off, everybody was in the ring, everybody was hitting their moves, and just when it looked like Belair was going to ping Nikki Ash, there was Becky Lynch and she broke it up. As she did touch the hair again though, this is when Bianca got her braid, and she whipped the shib out of Lynch's abdominal region, and it was so bad, you could see the bruises almost instantly. And big time Bex was so upset about this, he was like, Reverie, Reverie, why don't you do anything? And she basically left. This allowed Nikki to try for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, but that was never going to work. So instead, she got hit by the KOD. Bianca Belair got the win. And if you can believe it, this actually feels like WWE knows what they're doing. So let's all stand still like a T-Rex has arrived in the room and hope that nothing changes. Tommaso Ciampa was then on Raw again, which was very pleasant because I just thought that WWE was going to forget about him. He was also taken on Bobby Roode, which ties into the NXT storyline. And if you can believe it, Ciampa won. Now, this didn't really go more than two minutes. And of course, Dolphy Boy Blue Ziggler was on the outside casting distraction, distraction. But none of that helped. Seriously. And after a short while, Tommaso did hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. But unlike the previous match, this worked. So I really did feel like I was in an alternative dimension here. And obviously afterwards, Ziggler and Rude beat him up for a while because we are going to do a tag team match on NXT. And one, why wasn't Bron Breaker here? I will never understand. But also two, why the flub did WWE not do all these tie-in years ago? Let's not worry about it, but we will give it up. It was 24-7 title time next. I'm not going to lie to you because that would be a waste of my time. I was so excited about this because recently it has been insane. It was a mixed tag of all things, as Dana Brooke and Reggie teamed up to take on Tazawa and Tamina, yet there's nobody meaner, and how that ever came together, I do not know. Very sadly, this was kind of just a match. I mean, I was so disappointed, I wanted nonsense. As ever, it only went around about a minute, and it was also basically built around the fact that everybody was kissing everybody else. So after Reggie had won with a variation of the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, and obviously he pinned Tazawa, Dana Brooke smooched him, and then for some reason Tamina wasn't Mina, because she went and gave Tazawa a kiss. I really don't need no love angle between Tamina and Tazawa. I want this to be more like Sharknado. You're watching it and you think, how the hell did this manifest itself into existence? But I'm having a good time. And it wasn't bad. But look, I just think you should take all of this and make it as stupid as possible down. Quick interview with the Street Profits after this because they are going to be challenging RK Bro later. And the best bit is when Angelo Dawkins was talking about all the other tag teams and he said that Seth Rollins was like Dr. Eggman. We also had this big tease about who Brock Lesnar is going to fight at the Madison Square Garden house show this weekend. And look, I'm just going to tell you this. If you have bought a ticket because you want to see Bobby Lashley get a refund for your ticket, he ain't going to be there. And when it came to what followed, I'm not entirely sure that WWE has any ideas when it comes to figuring out how they are going to fill time between now and WrestleMania when it comes to the Mysterios versus Logan Paul and The Miz. Because seriously, if you haven't seen this, what the flub was this? Because it was basically Ray and Dominic being all like, oh man, we're going to beat those guys. We hate those guys. Those guys are absolute rubbish. When The Miz interrupted and for around about 75 years, not only recapped his entire career, 
but just kept saying nonsense. It was like, Logan Paul is going to be the most famous wrestler ever, apart from me, and I'm absolutely amazing, and you all suck, and Ray and Dominic, I'm going to kill you. It just went on and on and on, and I started going, shut up, shut up, please shut up. And I don't mind the match, I really don't. WrestleMania has always been about celebrities. If you want to use Logan Paul, use Logan Paul, and I have all the respect in the world for The Miz. I mean, he has overcome everything, but this was nothing. This was quite literally nothing. And I thought about going to the toilet because why not? Point is down. Also, yes, this was an interruption. So bring it down. That's 51 in WWE and 73 overall. I mean, it's probably not accurate at all. No human being could accurately keep up with this. The real shock though was what came next because for some reason we were doing the Mysterios versus the Hurt Business, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. And that's why I assume they will lose. WWE cares about them so little, they're still calling them the Hurt Business, even though twice I saw them get kicked out of the Hurt Business. I'm still a little bit worried they accidentally took some drugs because I definitely saw Miz grab Dominic Mysterio's foot when Rey Mysterio chased him away, when in the ring, Shelton Benjamin pinned Dominic Mysterio and won. And of course he used the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, because what else would he use? And I already know the next week WWE's gonna forget about this and nothing is gonna happen with Shelton and nothing is gonna happen with Cedric. But I'm such a big fan of theirs. And I think they're such good wrestlers and I think they're so underutilized. I am going to give it an up. Seriously, here I am, hours removed. I still can't quite believe it. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal 
personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Zoom to the back to see RK Pro after this, and Riddle was all like, oh man, I figured out how to get focused. I'm going to colour in a colouring book, and also I'm going to smoke a lot of drugs. That was the joke. Point is, they were about to go out to their match, and Randy Orton was all like, man, Riddle, I love you. You're my best friend. And seriously, this is the greatest love story ever told. And when one does turn on the other... My heart is going to break. We also had a clip from SmackDown reminding us that Naomi and Sasha Banks are going to challenge for the women's tag team titles at WrestleMania. When we cut to Zelina Vega and Carmella, who, yes, are the current WWE women's tag team champions. But don't worry if you forgot, because WWE definitely does all the time. This was absolutely bonkers, though, because Vega was all like, Carmella, why is your new YouTube show with Corey Graves all about sex? And honestly, I watched a little bit. It is literally all about sex. They just walk around and they can be buying a loaf of bread and they'll go, oh man, bread, it's so sexy. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. There was just constant more references to banging each other here. And Carmella even said, when we retain these championships at WrestleMania, me and Corey are going to have sex in the ring. No. No, don't you dare, WWE. This is not why I watch your show. You take the idea and you throw it into the ground. The problem with all of this, though, is that once again, it just feels like afterthought central. Like sometimes the women's tag team titles aren't even referenced when the flipping tag team champions are on the screen. So we really do have to give all of these women more down. I'm then going to struggle to review the next match because something definitely absolutely went wrong. Because it was RK Bro versus the Street Profits. And if the rumors are to be believed and my eyes are what I saw, Randy Orton got hit by one of those wonderful Montez Ford frog splashes and hurt his shoulder. Because after he had done that, Orton kind of rolled towards the rope. Montez sold like, oh my gosh, it hurt my stomach. He did pin him. And while Randy Orton tried to get his foot on the ropes, Dawkins was there. He acted like he was going to push it off, but he kind of didn't. And then the referee counted three. And that was the end of the match. I mean, it kind of felt like you were trying to do a jigsaw puzzle with only half the pieces, but none of this matters. All that matters is that Randy Orton is okay. And look, he may just have been selling like the absolute phenomenal professional wrestler that he is, but something didn't smell right here, so I ain't going to give it an up, but I ain't going to give it a down. Somebody's health and injury status is far more important than that. And seriously, I just hope he is okay especially because we are only weeks away from WrestleMania. Owens and Rollins were then back insulting Texas some more as we do continue to tease what's going to happen at WrestleMania. And then, yes, my friends, uh, Veer is still coming to Raw. This means that given we won't have another Raw until next Monday, Veer has now tied the record with Emma when she pretended for about 100 years she was going to become Emmalina and then finally walked out and went, ha ha, I'm not going to be Emmalina and I'm transforming back to Emma. So here's what we should do. I have come up with the plan. Next week, Veer should come out and Veer should just get a microphone and say, look, I don't want to be Emmalina. I want to go back to Emma. And then he just leaves. And then around about six weeks time, he comes out and he's Emma. 
complete with the dancing. That is only that's the only thing we can do right now in order to save this because it's just gone on too long. I mean, he's gonna have to come out and like beat Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, bring back The Rock and pin him too, just to get past this, it is oh so dumb. Also, are we sure that Veer is even real? Like, I'm serious. In these videos, he's all like, oh my gosh, the lion has to hunt down the hunter, whatever the hell he says. No lion does this. No lion goes, oh man, there's, uh, I don't know, what lions eat? I have actually no idea, a deer. There's a deer, I'm gonna attack that and eat it in around about 140 days. As you can probably tell, I'm just done with this. It's completely jumped the shark down. Austin Theory and Vince McMahon were then having a chat backstage. And yes, Vince McMahon is still going to be on Pat McAfee's show on Tuesday. And clearly it's going to tie in to some kind of WrestleMania angle. Now, I'm going to die on this hill that it'll be Pat versus Austin Theory. But given that Vince McMahon a little bit crazy, you just never know. Austin couldn't believe that Vince was going to do this either. He was like, hey, it's been 20 years. And in that last interview, you threw papers all over the place. And of course, he was referencing what happened with Bob Costas. Now, if you haven't seen this, make sure you go Google it on YouTube. But also, Austin Theory thought this was going to be the same kind of thing. And I was like, Austin, what are you talking about? Pat McAfee is literally employed by Vince McMahon. Anyway, it certainly does seem like Austin Theory has decided to go to this show as well even though Vince walked off here going like, man, you're such an idiot. You are so stupid. But I tell you this, it's a great promotional tactic. I'm absolutely going to watch that show. The funniest ship ever that happened with Finn Balor, I mean my word. But he arrived for his US title match and I swear, he must have been stood in that ring for around about 15 minutes. We just had video package and we had recap video, video package, recap video. Oh, let's talk to the commentators for the while. So what the hell was he meant to do? Was he just stood there waving at the fans going, I know, I know, this is taking a long ass time. It did mean that Damian Priest eventually was going to get into the ring as well and they were going to fight over this championship. And if you can believe it, because I never saw this coming, we do have a new champion. His name is Finn Balor. Balor used his flip dive to commercial powers. And when we did come back, Damian Priest was in control. And as ever, WWE never updates us about this. So I have come up with one of my own as I want to do. So I'm going to say that a fan felt really bad for Finn because he literally wasted his life, just stood in the ring. So he called him over going, Finn Balor, Finn Balor. Finn went to him because he's a good guy. But it turned out this fan was actually Damian Priest's uncle. He punched Finn Balor right in the face. Damian Priest is like, thanks, unk. He got him back in the squared circle and he started to beat him up. This was absolutely brilliant though, especially when they started getting to all their big moves. Like at one point, Finn Balor was gonna go for the coup de grace, but he missed. So Damian Priest decided, well, I'll hit you with that sit out chokeslam thing. But the way Finn Balor reversed it, my word, it was good. Into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. But then Damian was like, uh-uh, you ain't doing that. So he kicked Finn Balor in the face a couple of times. He did hit this chokeslam for the near fall. And I was just clapping, that's some good wrestling. Because it didn't work, Damian was like, okay, I'll hit you with the reckoning. But then somehow Finn Balor reversed that into a sling blade. He did go to the top rope. He hit the coupe de gras. And even after this, because it was Finn Balor, I was like, oh, Damian Priest is going to kick out. Ref went one. I went, ah, he's still going to kick out. Ref went two. And then the ref hit three. And I won't lie to you. May have done a little bit of a cheer. Finn Balor just looks good with a title over his shoulder as well. I don't know what it is. This is very, very nice. Up. We did have an aftermath to all this as well. And while 50% of it was brilliant... The other 50 just wasn't to my personal taste. Because Priest did grab a microphone, <laughs> if you can believe it. In 2022, he did the thing, oh, you fans, you damn fans, you never respected me. You love Finn Balor, where was my praise? I hate you all. I'm done with this, I'm sick of it. Damien, that is a lie. 
That is straight up nonsense. I watch this show every single week, and every time you have defended that championship, literally every person is like, man, Damien Priest, you're so great, we want to have a hug. So you can't spat out this nonsense now, even though you try to be a bad guy. I mean, just get pissed off and go angry, Damien, because you can't handle losing. That's far more interesting. And look, the spot here was really good, because he did beat up Finn Balor, and he gave him a razor's edge onto a table, and Finn just bounced off it like he was some kind of a ball. But I am so done with the whole, oh, you fans. It's such a lazy technique to try and establish that someone is now a heel. Also, if this is the case, why did nobody say anything when everybody was booing Roman Reigns for around about 78 years? Now, I'll level with you. I think Damien Priest as a heel, taking on Finn Balor, the good guy, is going to result in some crazy good matches but I'm still giving it a down. And then we did the same with Edge. <laughs> we literally got to the next segment and went, oh, we should probably turn Edge heel. Why the flub didn't we break him up? It's also a little bit strange because WWE does seem to enjoy taking people the audience likes cheering and turning them into a bad guy. But at this juncture, every single thing the rated R superstar does is pretty much brilliant. I mean, he could probably challenge an elephant to a fight and be like, oh man, I'd like to see that. And here he was just begging and pleading for somebody to walk down the aisleway and accept his WrestleMania challenge. If you did listen, you would have heard some Cody Rhodes chants, but it wasn't him, and it was the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. The Radar Superstar was pleased, as was I. I was so happy because I've wanted this match for ages, and he told Styles, I want the Bulldog version of AJ, not the tag team bitch that was hanging around with Omos. I was like, Edge, that little bit unnecessary. Edge still offered him a handshake, but when Styles agreed to it, Edge lost his damn mind and of course, booted AJ Styles right in the balls. Because if you were in WWE and you want to establish a heel turn on AJ Styles, you hit him in the testicles. Fair play to Edge though, because he did get booed here, especially when he got one chair, got another chair, and hit AJ Styles with the concerto. Now, Edge, if I can just have a word with you, your whole point of your promo last week was like, man, I want someone to challenge me, no one challenged me. And then when they did, you tried to kill them. That's probably why nobody wanted to come out. Still, this was a really good main event angle. It is, of course, going to be Edge versus AJ Styles at WrestleMania. I enjoyed this muchly. Round of applause all around, and it's getting it up. Which brought us to the end of Monday Night Raw, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. When WWE gets into gear for WrestleMania season, I really do think they raise the quality of the show. I'm enjoying both Raw and SmackDown at the moment. Is getting it up. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend <laughs> that I don't, right? Hold now. it in. Hold and our current faves. In. Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.